Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. podcast where me nicole buyer tries to figure out how i'm still single even though you could buy me a shirt wrap it up as a present and then when i open it you snatch it back and go you dum-dum i would never give you a gift my guest today is a comedian and actress who was featured on tiffany haddish's oh my god they ready stand-up series her new stand-up special fighting words just premiered on hbo max it's ida rodriguez Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I'm glad to be here. I, I was I was I was trying to get here before and then life happened. But thank you for having me. Oh, yes. No worries. I feel like that's just a catch all for a lot of shit that is just like, well, life just happened. Oh, my gosh. So much stuff has happened. You know, I broke up. I had a breakup. Oh, you did. Yeah, I broke my wrist and my elbow. Uh, oh, no. There was so much stuff that has happened like in the last since the last time you and I talked. It's it's just been like whoa, a lot. How did you break your wrist and your elbow? I fell on black ice in uh, Canada. I was in uh, Edmonton. Oh, no. And Canada is known for being so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking broke you apart. <laughs> Oh, man. So you had a breakup. So you're single? I am single right now. Okay. May I ask how long you were dating that person? Uh, We dated for four years. Oh, wow. 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 I've truly never been in a relationship before. So four years sounds like a full-blown eternity to me. Never? Not one relationship. No, not not like... um. We are together and we love each other and we call each other every day and uh, you're my boyfriend, I'm your girlfriend or whatever. No. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, more and more I meet people who um, haven't been in like traditional relationships. They all seem happier. <laughs> they seem a little freer, like uh, not walking around with someone else's baggage. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I've never had to like check in with somebody before going somewhere. It was like jail, you know, uh, <laughs> especially coming me coming from like my mom was a very strict Puerto Rican mom. Mm-hmm. So she was she was very controlling. And now my daughter accuses me of being that to her. But my mom was very controlling, very demanding um, and just really, really hard on me. So getting into a relationship where someone was like, 
you didn't call me when you got there. It may, it, it would trigger me because it reminded me so much of that strict Puerto Rican. I do do a thing. I guess it's from my mother. Uh, whenever someone leaves my home late, I'm always like, please text me when you get home so I know that you're not dead. Uh, I don't know what I think is going to happen on the way home, but I'm like, please just let me know that you didn't die leaving my home. I do that too, though. That's nice, though. Does it? It feels good when somebody says that to you, right? When you're like, oh, they care. It is nice when people care because I feel like the world is just filled with a bunch of fucking people who don't give a shit about you. (laughs) And it's kind of depressing to think about. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So you were kidnapped twice? Yeah. Talk about bad relationships. My mother kidnapped me from my dad. Uh, she took me from my dad. Um, my my mom was 15 when she met my father. And he was 27. Mm. So, you know, that old school pedophilia is what I call it. He gets mad when I say that. But, um, mm. yeah, they were. He was, she was really young. And uh, anyway, the, the relationship wasn't working out. She felt um, like she was being mistreated. So in the middle of the night, she broke out with me and um she got back to the, she came to the, back to the united states we were in the dominican republic mm-hmm. and she took me from him and then my grandmother took me from my mom because my mom was on the run with a murderer who was on the fbi's most wanted list what <laughs> i knew that would wake you up he was uh <laughs> it was he was wanted for murder he was on the list uh, most wanted list and we were on the run with him and so my grandmother did some research. She was find, trying to find me and she found me. She found out where I was and I was with a babysitter. And uh, when my mom went out, my grandmother came. She threatened the babysitter and took me, cut my hair off, flew me across state lines to Florida and uh, kept me until that killer went to jail and my mom came home. I mean, have you written this down? I feel like that is truly a movie right there uh it's like the sequel to enough have you ever seen that movie with j-lo yeah. <laughs> where she's like i gotta get very strong and murder this man <laughs> that's fucking wild yeah it's true it's true and you know i never really thought about it i, I dug it, it was so deep down through therapy i started understanding like my trauma and i never really i just i'm so used to just keep going keep going mm-hmm. keep going and uh, when I wrote about it for They Ready, it, I was like, it really made me sad because I had never done those jokes before uh, They Ready. And mm-hmm. I haven't done them since. I was just like, I, I retired the jokes for that set. I was just like, OK, I got it out. I processed it. I worked it out this way. Now I'll leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's another form of therapy. It's like you unpack it in therapy. You write the jokes about it. You perform it. People laugh. They identify. They say whatever they feel to you. And you're like, okay, goodbye. Yep. Absolutely. It's, it, yeah, comedy very, has been very cathartic for me. I just think, you know, for us to get on stage, you know this, we got to be some level of crazy, right? We go on mm-hmm. stage and we're like, laugh at me. Come relate <laughs> to me. Validate me. Like, it's, there's something already there that is, unique in the way that we think Uh, but just to be able to work through some of the stuff on stage has been it's been very healing for me because I'm not Mm -hmm. when I find out you know how many people dm'd me and said I got kidnapped too by a family member and because when you tell people that you've been kidnapped they say Mm -hmm. but then when you say it was a family member they're like ah that's not a real kidnap you know (laughs) you're like no no it is it is real i went fucking through it yeah it's traumatic and then you know to be without your mother for a year when you're four or five years old you're like all you want is your mother even if you're on the run even if you're like malcolm x on the window holding the gun like Mm -hmm. you want to be with your mom and so yeah it, it was very traumatic and i'm sure that has a lot to do with my abandonment issues you know uh I'm not a licensed uh, therapist, but I would say, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> how did you get like, how did you start doing comedy? Spencer talked me into it. He, he talked me into going to an open mic, the Westwood Brewing Company, because he was like, I know you're a comic. He was like, Dude. Mm-hmm. he said, I've been able to identify them all when I see him. I see him. And he was like, just try it and see how you feel. And. I did. I, I, you know, it was when I did Chocolate Sundays, I went and did their first impression show, like their amateur night. 
mm-hmm. and I bombed. And that was the night when I was like, oh, I want to do this. Like, I want to figure this out. <laughs> Not what I did. I did well. Like I, I went on stage before that and I did well. It was when I bombed that I was like, oh, I want to figure this out because I want people to be laughing with me, not at me. And mm-hmm. I, I realized like that what, what, what was happening. And so and I never stopped. Bombs are interesting because every time the first time I bombed, I was like, oh, no, I never want that to happen again. And then I watched uh, a comic, Kevin Barnett, mm-hmm. bomb in front of me and Jermaine Fowler and Jermaine had the best time watching him bomb. And I was like, Oh, it is kind of funny to like, try to figure out why you're bombing and then just kind of like enjoy the bomb. So now I'm just like, when I'm bombing, I'm like, I'll just call it out. be like, you guys hate me (laughs) and I have time to fill. Let's see if we can get y'all on board. And if not, I don't know, I guess I'll have fun up here. (laughs) Yeah. That really does feel, and it's fun. Uh, Funny sometimes when you're bombing, I know I, I've had this epiphany on stage where I'm like, oh, they really not fucking with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh-huh. it just makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, shit, they don't they they're they do not like me. Mm-hmm. Okay? They actually hate me. Yeah. And I've revealed nothing truly intimate, intimate about myself. I've done nothing to them. But they are just as a collective are sitting there being like, fuck you, bitch. And you're like, <laughs> OK. Yes, I've experienced that. It's funny to me. It makes me laugh. I used to, I remember, uh, I don't know if you've experienced this before when I was newer in comedy and I was about to bomb, I would get this like hot feeling inside of me, like Mm -hmm. feel it coming. And it's just this Uh burning inside. And you're like, (laughs) you feel so vulnerable. You feel naked. You're on stage. It's like everybody's in on this thing and, and not you. And I remember one day I was at the improv and the audience hated me. And I was like, huh, so the laws of attraction are true, are real. <laughs> there are times when 50 assholes show up at the same place at the same time. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I just got mad at th- my feelings were hurt because I was bombed. Uh-huh. I was like, I just went in on the audience. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to fucking do that. I um, uh, so I the first time I got on stage after doing my special I got that hot feeling because I was like, well, I'm going to do old stuff. There's no point in doing the or I'm going to do new stuff because there's no point in doing the old stuff because people will see that soon. I have to get ready for when I start doing dates again after the thing fucking comes out. And I was just so hot. And I was like, I'm going to bomb. I'm going to like this is going to be so bad. I didn't flesh anything out. I spent all day procrastinating. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And then I had my little bullet points and then it just it went fine. Like I was so fucking nervous. There was a couple parts where they were like, no, I was like, I hear you loud and fucking clear. I will work this out. That's the best. You know, that that's where I am now. Right. I started writing. I wrote my first joke the day that I taped my special um, I went back to my room and I wrote my first post special joke because I was like, oh, it's over. You mm-hmm. got it. When they come see you, they're going to know these jokes and they're going to be like, mm-hmm. what you got now? Yep. Um, and then I started panicking. And then I like to write on stage. Then I realized uh, as I was um, going back to doing stand up that I had more things to talk about. I don't like I had this fear, like I had this allotment of jokes and they've all run out. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and then I realized, oh, you'll write these just as you wrote the others. Like, you know, but it was just I was like, oh, shit, they don't want to hear that anymore. Mm -hmm. But they do sometimes because they're like, they're like, can you do the joke about your grandmother? That's when you know you fucking hit it when people are requesting your jokes. But just, you know, we want to move forward and pass mm-hmm. them. But at the same time, when you don't feel like you have anything, you're like, uh <laughs> Yep. What about uh what about this? Yeah, yeah, you okay with this? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Do you did you have you ever encountered chuckle fuckers? I love asking comics this. Male comics are always like, yes. And I feel like uh female comics are always like, mm, no. I have. I uh, Ooh. Yeah, I think it's newer. Like it's been like in the last maybe four or five years where I've I've met men who really and it's really hyper confident men that don't have a problem with a woman being funny. You know, Mm -hmm. like they're like, I I think you're funny. I think you you busted their balls. Like I've met some men that are really into and women, too, like that have been like, I really like your strength on stage and you want to go for a drink. So, yeah, I've met some. 
Oh, this gives me hope. Maybe I'll find someone I go back on the road. Would you date a chuckle fucker? I don't know if I would date one, but I definitely would fuck one. I feel like dating a chuckle fucker is a little like, hmm, unless you are interesting. What do you want from me? Do you just want like the the deets, the ins and outs of this? Are you trying to figure out who I know or whatever? Uh, like, I don't know if it's real. If it's real, then sure. But if it's uh, like a beneficial thing for them, no. Mm, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, the, the Dream has a song called Ghetto, right? And in the mm-hmm. song, he says, he's talking, I think he's talking about Christina Milian because that's who he was dating when he wrote the song. But it was like, he says something about like, when I'm fucking you, it feels like I'm fucking one of my fans. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. But it, the, the song is like, the song sounds so good. And the, when he's singing, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, have I ever felt that before? And then I'm like, definitely have felt that before. Like, de- oh. and it feels kind of strange when someone has this adoration and admiration for you. And you're like, should I abuse this? Uh, I have yet to encounter that, but I'm waiting. <laughs> So in your special, you film parts of it in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, right? Right. So what was the what was the the like the decision to do that? Because it's a little bit of like a travel documentary. Yeah, I decided to do a doc. Um, first and foremost, I feel like uh, Latin Latinx people are invisible. Um, there, there's not a lot of visibility in media. So to sacrifice a part of the stand-up. I don't want it to, I don't want to interweave it because I'm a purist. So I just wanted to do the stand-up, but I just mm-hmm. want to show the diversity that lives in the Dominican Republic, like that, that we have black people, we have Asian people, indigenous people. I wanted to, to show it in a different light. I wanted to meet my father. I wanted to talk about it in my special. So I wanted people to see how I mind my jokes. So they want, I wanted them to see how it showed up in the special, that experience that I was having. And I also wanted to document um, re-meeting my father because while it was happening, it was happening. And I, I mm-hmm. wanted to see what it looked like from just to see into it and study my body language. And I wanted to normalize it and make people who have had that same experience um, that feel ashamed about it to know that they're not alone. And, you know, it's all good. Let's go. That's why we got Mm -hmm. dating issues. This is why it happens, right? (laughs) Get it at the source. So you, you have a kid and you talk about her. Oh, you have two. I thought you only had one. A boy and a girl. My daughter loves you because my daughter is. Yeah. I've met your daughter. I guess that's why I thought you only had one. I was like, well, I met the daughter. So that is it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have both. You talk about so. Oh, do you? Do, so you talk about both of them on stage, right? Mm-hmm. Do they have? Have they ever been like, "Hey, mom, no, too far." No, you know, I clear it with them before I do it. Mm-hmm. My daughter did feel some type of way about a joke that I had when she that she told me that she hated me, and I said, "I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you said it first. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we we talked about it and they know that, you know, some of some of the jokes are an exaggeration to make a point. But we've I've cleared every joke that I've made about any family member because I don't want to get sued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can you sue someone based on a joke? Yeah. Um, our George, I mean, I believe George Lopez was sued by family members. I think his grandma. Oh, wow. If his I, I grandmother, you said? I think his grandmother sued him. Yeah, I'm not sure, Damn. but I do. Believe- I love it. She's old and petty. She's like, don't you dare talk about me in my last years of life. Uh-uh, no way, no how. <laughs> I love that you just said she's petty. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a petty fucking thing. It's like, oh, look at my grandson shine. Fuck you. You're going to talk yeah. about me? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, she's she sued him. Okay, real quick. We got to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talked to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? is better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And oh, we're back. Okay, so I have an email address for people to submit Comments, crazy dating stories, advice for me, people who are seeking advice slash questions, and then dirty reviews that I read at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the email is why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com. And I'm going to read one right now. Okay. So this person wrote, this one's a little long, but I'm going to speed through it. Okay. So this is the time I accidentally dated a snuff, a sock sniffing Trump supporter. I started seeing this guy after he just moved to the city. He was from the middle of nowhere, kind of dopey, but I thought it was charming. You know, the first time we were hooking up, I was on top and kind of without thinking, put his dick in and he wasn't ready for that. I stopped. He told me that him and his longtime ex had never had sex and they did a lot of other stuff because they were super Christian. So I essentially stole his pussy virginity and I felt horrible. Okay, good. Good news is he was okay with it and immediately asked me if I wanted to try ass play instead. So we hung out a few times. I should have known something was wrong with him when he texted me that I farted in my sleep, but he thought it was kind of attractive and then confessed to smelling my socks. The final nail in the coffin was uh, I was talking about the 2016 election and I, I was likely disparaging the orange one, but he made a Hillary would have been a worse comment. So I decided that I, we wouldn't keep seeing each other. The whole thing lasted about two weeks. What an interesting story. Yeah, it's disturbing. It is funny. Yeah, I I don't know if I would feel good about someone. Sn- I don't want to like, you know, shame anybody for their kink, but like socks don't smell great. You know, (laughs) I think um, there's something creepy about someone doing anything to you while you're sleeping for me. Yes. There's this like a necrophilia vibe to it. (laughs) (laughs) It feels a little strange that when you're sleeping, somebody sniffing your socks or smelling your farts. And Mm. I just, I don't know. I I'm, I'm, I would be worried about someone who confessed to doing those things. Yeah, I'm not on board with that. I okay. I I think it was like, oh, don't sniff my snot, my socks, like just even in front of me. But yeah. I think it is weirder to do while you are sleeping because I think sleeping is when you're the most vulnerable. Facts. What are you right? doing? Why are you awake? Um, we're supposed to be sleeping together. Like, uh-huh. what, what are you doing sniffing around me while I'm while I'm in REMs, you know, like REM state? <laughs> like that feels creepy. Also, like, did they go in the hamper and pull out a sock? Was a sock on the floor? Was also sleeping over and it's only been two weeks? Seems crazy. 
Yeah, especially with someone who sniffs you while you're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you got to be together for a month before someone sleeps over. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, yeah, I just, you know, and not to shame anyone because everybody does their own thing. I just mm-hmm. I'm too paranoid. Personally, I feel like I and I read too much on the Internet about what's happening in the world and the weirdest stories you hear that they've become more and more normal. I just I don't know if I can have someone in my house knowing where I live, especially Mm. if they I don't see a future with them Mm -hmm. and now they know where I live. And it's the person who sniffed my socks in my sleep. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You're like, I can't fucking live here anymore. I got to go. Um. Yeah, that's that's a little a little much for me. Yeah, I would move. I absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if I would pick up and move, but I would probably. I would probably get like a ring doorbell or something just to be like, let's monitor the situation outside. Yeah, change uh change the code on the locks. I mean, change mm-hmm. the thing. I don't know. It feels weird. I would definitely be on high alert. I also. I mean, after like. I, I feel like you hang out with somebody one time and you kind of know which way they lean politically. And I'm like, after two weeks, you get that comment. Like, uh, I think you were ignoring a lot of red flags. Yeah. I think it's interesting that after sniffing your socks and mm. your heart and doing activity while you sleep, that Hillary is where you drew the line. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, you can do all this fucking creepy ass shit while I'm sleeping, but you don't like Hillary Clinton? (laughs) Okay, you gotta go. What's like the biggest red flag for you? I always pay attention uh, to how the person that I'm with treats the other people around. Like I, Mm -hmm. because my first meetings are always going to be public meetings. So I'm, I'm watching how you treat the valet person, the server. You know, when you answer your phone, how you talk to people, if you do answer your phone, I like to watch to see how you treat people. If you are watching other people, you're, you know, some guys have the roaming eyeballs. They're with you and they're looking at somebody else's ass. Like I watch to see mm-hmm. how you how you're going to how we're going to play this out. How How is this going to look like in the future when I'm out with you? See, that's a good one that I've never ever thought of the roaming eyes because i have adhd so i'm always like just bopping around looking at things i'm like oh a tree oh what were you saying oh sorry i really zoned out so yeah oh my god i never even thought of that if their eyes are roaming they're looking for something better yeah they're looking for something better or something more available or something readily available mm-hmm. and the fact that someone who can't sit because like i have a little bit i have a touch of adhd as well so I understand having a short attention span and maybe roaming, you know, looking about or shifting energy because of what's going on in your head. But there's something very specific about a man who's going to do a double take when someone has on some leggings and their mm-hmm. ass is popping out. And it's probably going to look like that in the future with that person. If they are already doing that at the intro, you know, the, the bridge and the outro is going to be just the same, boo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think you're right. What's another red flag? I don't, I never, ever think about red flags, but the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, I guess if they're like unkind to me, that's a red flag. <laughs> you know, uh, I've learned because I used to do it and I'm working on being what I want a lot. The, a person that says I'm the type of person a lot, they're telling you, uh, the type of person that they want you to believe that they are because a person who's uh, kind to waiters will never say, well, I'm the kind of person that takes care of the server. They do it mm-hmm. right there. You know, you see it, you know, I, the, I'm the type of person makes me nervous because that means it feels like a pitch. Mm-hmm. You know? It feels like a, 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 like a marketing tool. Like I'm the type of person that I'm always kind to the people around me because I'm the kind of person that doesn't judge. That line makes me, I'm already like, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I fully agree with you. Because you wouldn't have to say it. You would just be doing it. 
And it's like, oh, if you have to say I'm the type of person, that means it's like, oh, so you don't do that on the regular. And you're just like reminding yourself to be that type of person. Also letting you know, this is the type of person I want you to think I am because I'm going to trick you later and you'll see what type of person I actually really am. Yeah. Yeah. And I also I don't um, I'm not particularly uh, crazy about a man who shits on another woman to try to make me feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. I think that's corny and it's weak. Um, I'll see like, you know, I'll see men trying to diss other women on social media and, and big up their girls. And I'm like, it's not enough for you to just big up your girl. Like anybody who has to shit on somebody else to make you feel better about yourself has already zoomed in on you having low self-esteem and feeling like you need that. Mm. You know? So that's not a compliment. That means he knows that you you don't feel good enough about yourself that you got to shit on somebody else to feel good about yourself. So anytime a dude is like, yeah, I don't, you know, it, somebody was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really into Beyonce like that. And I was like, get the fuck out <laughs> of here. Like, what do you get? Like, I, I feel good enough about myself that Beyonce could be the baddest bitch to ever walk mm -hmm. the earth. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I guys that do that, for me and my relationships always make me feel weird. Like I'm like, he thinks I don't feel good about myself that he can't big up another woman. And I don't like that. I mean, that is like, whenever someone goes, I don't like Beyonce. I'm like, okay, that is something's wrong with you because I think Beyonce is fucking beautiful and so talented, but it is interesting when a dude is like, Oh, let me like say this beautiful woman. That's not for me. You're for me. And then I'm like, wait, so like, what? You don't like beautiful women? Are you saying, <laughs> is this like a backhanded compliment? Like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. Exactly. I watch for that stuff. What's the most romantic thing that's happened to you? That would be my ex. You don't know if it's romantic. I'm such a sucker for stuff like that. But Valentine's Day, uh, he's not, a, he's one of those guys that doesn't celebrate Valentine's Day. He's like, every day should be Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And on Valentine's Day, he kept reminding me that he didn't um, celebrate Valentine's Day while we were doing Valentine's Day shit. So mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like, I really am not into Valentine's Day. And then took me to this nice restaurant. I'm really not into that Valentine's Day, <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing. I'm not going to buy you flowers. I'm not going to buy you chocolate. Well, we left dinner and we were in the car driving away and casually he's like, catch. And he just threw this thing at me. And when I opened it, it was like diamond earrings. And I had said that I because he he heard me say that I wanted to buy myself some diamond earrings. And I just thought that was it was like a movie moment because it was just he was like turning on the music, driving, eating, you know, talking about the dinner. And then he's like, hey, catch. It was nothing. And then it was like, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. <laughs> That is so sweet. I love that. I tend to date people who listen to every little thing I say for the first maybe month. And then after a month, they go, oh, I'll never listen to you again. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, my queen. Ugh, it's <laughs> awful. So are you were you dating from like apps? No, yeah, four years ago, you you would have been on an app, maybe. Or are you meeting people in person? So I met, it's so funny, we met on Twitter, which was not a dating app. Oh. But he uh, he had DM'd me, but he actually tweeted at me. And then we went to, I, I was like, why don't you DM me? Because <laughs> this is playing out in public. But the thing about him was that we had a mutual friend. And our friend validated, was like, yo, he's a good dude. You know, he's a good guy. He was like, um, that's a good one. And so mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, he won't murder you. I've known him for many years. <laughs> but we got to worry about, right? I mean, I did laugh. But anytime I bring someone to my house, I'm like, do I think I can take them? Yeah. <laughs> also, I have a baseball bat in a, a space in my house. That is where I think it would be at maximum uh, usage if shit went down. But it is a wild thing that we have to fucking think about. Mm. Mm, facts. It's a, 
You know, and the fact that in the last couple of years, as a, I mean, not as a result of COVID, but COVID has really revealed how it's increased. You know, femicide has gone up, domestic violence has gone up, like, and women tend to be the majority of the victims. And I mean, in, in domestic violence and femicide, of course, is woman driven, but it's just kind of creepy to have to worry about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Can't people just get into therapy? I know. Talk about your shit, please. Don't murder me. <laughs> I've been watching it. a lot of the television show You. Have you watched You? I watched the first season. I'm behind, um, but I'm going to catch up on it. Actually, in the next couple of days, I have to catch up on it. Okay. The third season is fucking incredible. It's so good. I heard. So you, you gotta you gotta catch up. But it is funny that Joe Goldberg is a serial killer that I'm like, oh, but like, he's so sweet. (laughs) And it very much like, it is a comedy. It is like pretty gory, but you're like, that's how people get murdered. Because these people, like murderers are very charismatic. And you're like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll go out with you. And the next thing you know, you're being chopped up into little bits. Yeah, that's what they said. Ted Bundy was very charming. They said, well, they say sociopaths tend to be very charming. But you know, it's funny um, it is. There's something in, in girls that when someone is possessive, someone is territorial, that you you read it as being romantic, mm-hmm. not problematic. You're like, oh, he only wants me like, you know, and at the beginning, that's cute and sweet. But then after a while, you're like, get out of the bathroom. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> trying to be. Um, it's kind of scary and problematic and weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it is. I guess it gets glamorized in like television and in movies where it's like, oh yeah, I want him to only want me. But mm. it's like, yes and no. Like I I think me personally, I would like someone to want me and only me, but also just like to also allow me to be me. Like not, you know, be mad at me if I go out with my friends or whatever. Yeah, no, that's how that's how I feel. Um, and being what I come from, like I was married really young. I, um, I had, you know, someone that owned me and then someone else that owned me and then someone else that owned me learn going to therapy and just learning how to own myself was very, mm-hmm. very, it, it's hard. I still have to practice it. Cause I still will lean into someone being like, Oh, I just, I just want you all the time. And I'm like, Oh, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, that shit is not Okay. He doesn't, he needs to want his, him, you know, his own stuff that way. It's just weird how we are this romantic thing to unpack it now. Cause it's still very much today. It's not like something that they used to do in the fifties. And now here we are 2021 and women are so liberated that they're not looking for the guy to protect them. But why wouldn't you, when so many guys are fucking killing women, why wouldn't mm-hmm. you want someone that can protect you? you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I'm, I don't think I need to be protected. I just want someone to like. Someone who cares about me. Do you know what I mean? Like someone who I can just like tell them about my day and not have to like be funny about it. Someone who's just content with me. Mm. You know, I read this book because I, I I was very problematic at, a, at this time and I was reading all the dating books and I read this book called Getting to I Do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually a fascinating book. Nick, uh, uh, what's her name? Nikki Glazer and I talked about it because she was like, I thought I was the only person to ever read that book. But <laughs> it's a book about um, the roles of, of men and women in relationships and, or people and how everyone assumes the feminine role or the masculine role. And those are the only relationships that work. If you have the male energy in the relationship uh, and the person has a feminine energy, they complement each other. But one of the things that it said was that women want to be cherished and men want to be respected. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that because I was like, I don't want to be cherished. I don't even use that word like that. Like <laughs> that word feels so like 1920s, but it was like, I do want to be cherished. I looked it up and I was like, yeah, I want that. And I think that there's, I think everybody wants to be cherished, not just Mm -hmm. women. I think all people want to be cherished and all people want to be respected. But I thought it was interesting that this woman felt like that was the specific thing that women were looking for as if we're all a monolith. That is, I'm going to look up the definition of cherish real quick. I feel like I know 
Cherish. Oh, yes. Okay. I was literally spelling the, there's like a furniture resale company called Cherish, spelled like a chair. Okay. To protect and care for someone lovingly, hold dearly, uh, keep a hope or ambition in one's mind. Yeah, I do want to be cherished. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I want to be cared for lovingly. I think like the older I get, the more horny I get for like actual love. Mm-hmm. And I think I become more of a hopeless romantic. And I don't know if that's a reality. You know, I think that your reality is based on what you create in your life, like what you want. And, you know, I know people who've been together for years. My One of my best friends has been with her college sweetheart for many years and they get it. They get each other They're They, you know, they have their ups and downs. They've had their moments, but they really like, they really are like drawn to each other. You know, the other night when I had, um, I had an event, she came to my event and she was like, I, she couldn't wait to go back to the hotel and just jump on her man. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, but they, they, they constantly work at it. You know, it's been like this thing. I don't think you're a hopeless romantic. I think you're just a romantic. And I think you, you want to, you want somebody to show up in your life the way you show up and, and you have to, you have to believe in that so that it can, so that it will manifest for you because you will definitely attract that just like we attract those 50 assholes at the comedy club. (laughs) Um, I like that you just said you're a romantic leaving out the hopeless part because yeah, I guess I haven't like lost hope. Uh, I guess it's just a, a phrase that you hear enough. So you just start saying it and it's like, Oh no, it's okay to just be like, I'm a romantic person. And I dream of someone doing whimsical romantic things. Like the first time someone bought me flowers, I almost started crying. Cause I was like, this is so romantic. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. You know, it doesn't help that I've watched all the movies, you know, how to lose a guy in 10 days is in my top five. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I have to rate like romantic comedies all by themselves. Like I can't even put them in the category with other movies, you know, like, and, and it's those little moments, you know, like sweet home, Alabama, you know, why I want to marry you. Wow. You want to marry me so I can kiss you anytime. You want. Like all the <laughs> stuff that we've been taught, you know, through mm-hmm. these, these things that seem so like they make us feel good. And it's really confusing because it's it's constantly it was constantly in our faces like pretty woman like can you imagine like <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it was so done so well it was so romantic so beautiful Julia Roberts you know and her boots her patent leather boots and her little blue skirt but it, imagine a, just someone who is a, a sex worker in their real life looking at that movie mm-hmm. like, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, that doesn't happen. You yeah. don't just fall in love with someone. Tr- it's your job. Yeah. Pulls up in a Lotus Esprit and it's mm-hmm. like, I need you to play this role with me and go to all this awesome shit with me. I'm going to buy you cool new clothes. And, you know, it's just weird. But we are, have all been you know, programmed men and women to assume these roles in relationships. And it can be really complicated for us because our hearts don't understand that logic. Do you believe in like, I think it's sex in the city where they say you get three great loves in your life. Do you believe that? I don't know if it's three, um, but I do believe in the great loves of your life. And at this point, I believe I've had two. Um and I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I sit down sometimes and I'm like, do I have room for more? Because I've mm-hmm. had some deep heartbreak. Um, but absolutely. Bring it on. I saw Eat, Pray, Love. Why not? me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what like. I don't think I've ever been in love. I think I've loved people. Um, but I, I just can't imagine the heartbreak of being in love with someone and then them going away. Mm. Like, that's so scary. Yeah. It's actually traumatic. Um, something I, you know, had a hard time getting over my ex-husband, the father of my children, my very first boyfriend, you know, he was like my first everything. And he was my bet, my childhood best friend is what I describe him as we've been 
And just to see him um, now as a grown up and we don't we don't see each other, you know, every day. We don't even talk every day. And it was really weird because it was something that at that point in my life, I thought I'm going to be with him forever, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, and getting over that so much of my own uh, my own identity was so connected to him, like not understanding who I was in the world without being with him. And it's funny, I loved him so much that my friends would make jokes about me. They would say that, you know, my friends would be like, oh, I like those shoes, but they ain't no Omar, because that's his <laughs> name. Because like, they were like, I would, <laughs> I love him so much that I, I had a keychain that had a, like, I, Ida loves Omar. It was like, you know, really intense. And just healing from that was really, really traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I truly can't imagine because like I have friends that I love where I'm like, oh, my God, if I never saw this friend again, I would be devastated. How awful. But also what a treat to like get to feel that feeling. Yeah, until it's over. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, "Ah, it's really something to uh, I learned a lot about myself from my heartbreaks, you know, Mm -hmm. coincidentally, when I went to the Dominican Republic and re-met my father um, and spent that moment with him, I, all of it flashed in in front of my face. It was like a montage of my life with relationships. And that very moment defined so much for me as to why I've, I've had these experiences with men where I was, I felt like, you know, I needed validation. I couldn't be abandoned. I just want to be protected. I want to be adored. It was all from that very moment of not having my father and how that registered for me. Mm-hmm. It's been very interesting to unpack since because a lot of my relationship woes stem from that very issue. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us don't realize, like, I feel like oh, I saw a meme about it or something. It was just like, we make fun of women with daddy issues, but we never talk about the daddy who caused the issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we're just a result of it's not like it came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, the, the you know, I want to please men. And it's like, oh, well, because you spent a long time trying to please your dad and he was unpleasable or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really interesting when you like just sit and like unpack some shit. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad that I was able to do that because you know, this came shortly after my breakup. So I was like, oh, this is what that was. This is what this mm-hmm. was about. And um, just now as I focus on healing from the original thing mm-hmm. so that I can have normal normalcy in a relationship has been very um, enlightening, I guess, you know, just to be say, be able to say, oh, y'all have just been a symptom of this, you know, mm-hmm. even really, it ain't even really about you. It really <laughs> is about this. Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, real quick, we got to take another break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. And we're back. Okay, what are some things I could do to make it seem to men that I'm here and ready for a relationship. I don't know. You've had relationships. So how do you get into them? How do I get into a relationship? Help. How do you get into a relationship? I always tell people what my first thing, I don't think this is a problem for you. I've been in your presence and I know that you have no problems being yourself, but um, it's interesting how people feel like they have to present their best self. Um, mm-hmm. to, you know, to attract someone for a relationship. And then you'll hear people say, oh, she sent her representative or he, mm-hmm. that's not who he was. This is your idea of what you think your best self is. And your best self ultimately is really being your most authentic self, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say, I always tell people go as you, cause you are eventually going to show up anyway. And it just feels so much better when somebody sees you at your core and really fucks with that. That's the biggest compliment, you know, to see someone saying, oh, I I like you and all your quirks. Like those have been my best relationships is someone who's like, oh, it was when you did this that I really was like, I like her. And it had nothing to do Mm -hmm. with glamour, had nothing to do with you know, appearances. It was just me being goofy in my goofiest moment. So I think, um, I think that the best way for you to get into a relationship, which is what my herbalist told me of all people, you have to be what you want and you should focus on being what you want so that what you want will show up for you because it'll just be a magnet. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been focusing on now is just really being what I want to see in a relationship showing up in, you know, I I'm so sensitive. I don't want somebody to make, you know, to make fun of me in front of my friends. Mm -hmm. So, and then I realized that I would make fun of my boyfriend in front of his friends. And I was like, what was that all about? Like, you know, you are, you doing the shit you don't like. I've really been focusing on not being judgmental and creating a safe space because I don't like to be judged because I was really high, really focused on people, what people were doing to me that I, mm-hmm. I was totally blind in what I was doing. So I think the best thing you can do is focus on being what you want. So if you want to be with someone who's romantic, how romantic are you? Oh, I, I don't think I'm a very romantic person. I've been trying to work on uh, touching people more often because I like to be touched sometimes. And I was like, oh, I guess I don't touch people enough. Uh, a friend of mine was like, you don't touch anybody. She's mm-hmm. like, you don't give hugs often. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to be like a standoffish person. So I've been working on that. That's like a new thing for me. It's going pretty well. Nice. Well, I think you, you know, what's funny is uh, my daughter doesn't like to hug people either. And I think that even in that, you still give off this warmth that makes you welcoming Cause you've always been that way with me in person. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm a hugger. So I know that I've hugged you. Um, and I don't, I'm not conscious about who hugs who first, but I think that that's a good thing about you though, that you don't feel standoffish. Um, maybe you're just protecting your boundaries and maybe it's, it's important for you subconsciously to do that for whatever reason it is. 
Hmm, maybe. Boy, oh boy, I should get back into therapy. It's been, I've been working, so I haven't had time for it. But my job has come to an end, so I think it's time for me to go back. <laughs> Same. Um. So I ask all my guests this, would you date me? I would definitely date you. <laughs> Absolutely. Ooh, I mean, you know, every time that. I'm around you, you make me smile. You make me laugh. Uh, the very first thing you gave me was like, the very first thing you said to me was giving me a compliment. I had just gotten off stage at the, at the, uh, the little room at the improv. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll never forget that. Cause it was, it just came with love. It was just like, so loving and sweet. I, I would definitely date you. Oh, thank you. I would you. actually stalk you and probably, you know, hide around and, you know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Where are you going? Why are you going? Why you got to go to the bathroom? Why you got to go? And I love it. Okay. So be the person I want to be and I'll attract somebody who I want. I think that's good advice. Um, do you have any other advice for meeting someone in person? You know, um, I think meeting people in person right now is weird because people are Mm. so used to being online. I would say just be fully present because I think a lot of people don't know how to read signals anymore. They're always online. Everything that they do is virtual. And Mm -hmm. I think people don't know how to interact with people. Like I've been out and I've seen, you know, just having conversations with just regular people who with no romantic expectation even at the comedy clubs people have just been weird like people are like hey can I can I shake your hand can I can I talk to you is it okay Mm -hmm. I'm vaccinated I'm like you know people are just weird and I think be fully present in the moment and let people know that you're open for business because a lot of people are scared now they don't know how every it's collective trauma we've all been through this thing and so everybody's just feeling weird Mm -hmm. I fully fucking agree I wonder when like I mean, I think it's going to take a very long time for things to go back to any sort of normal. But yeah. I think you're you're right. Like people are very much like, uh, about getting close to you, even if you're wearing a mask and people are like, I'm vaccinated. Like they just kind of jump at you. And I feel like small, like I don't love small talk, but small talk, I think, has gotten even worse. Yeah. <laughs> because you're like, oh, I mean, it was sunny today. And that person will be like, this is the first time I left the house. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah it, it's weird. Or people, you know, people are politically on edge, socially mm-hmm. on edge. Everybody has gotten so vocal about we just don't have basic conversations anymore, like as human beings, that our politics and our social stance have become so much of our identity that I think it's important to. That's why I I love you because you release me from that sometimes. Sometimes like I talk to people that are always talking about politics. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just want to talk about life, you know. You know, sometimes like I have a friend who's just always talking about politics and the way I shut her up, I'll be like, "Hey, when's the last time you got some dick?" And then she's like, ah, <laughs> "Patriarchy." And I'm like, "Yeah, dick." Yeah, you know? when's the patriarchy been inside of you? <laughs> You need it. You need you got to be a multidimensional human being and and you got to stop finding your identity in these causes, because what happens when this moment passes and people are not talking about politics anymore? Then who are you? I fully fucking agree with that, because I do think it's smart and worth your time to be invested in politics and shit going on in the world. But I'm also like, if you can't be goofy and just like have a nice time giggling about something stupid, like. I feel like you're just taking life a little too seriously. And then it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Some people are not here and some people didn't wake up this morning. Some people won't be here tomorrow. I hope I am. And I do want to have fun. And that's one of the things that I've been focused on since the pandemic, instead of cowering and saying, I'm going to just stay away from everybody. I've made an, a conscious decision that I want to have fun. Cause mm-hmm. I wasn't having fun for a long time. And I want to dance and I want to be goofy and I want to travel and I want to eat weird shit. I want to have fun. I want to have my version of fun. I want to go bowling. You know, I want to I want to meet new people like I just want to have fun. I also want to go bowling. I have a really strong desire to bowl. I am not a bowler. I have been bowling maybe eight times in my life. But the other day I was like, wouldn't it be fun? 
to just like get a group of people together and bowl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know why I have this urge. It's fun. You know, it's it's something that you're focused on that one thing. Right. But it's so fun to enjoy it with other people. Um, it's, it's competitive, but not so competitive. And it's something that when you're not doing good at it, mm-hmm. it's still fun if you're with the right people. So even if you get a strike or you don't a gutter ball, still fun, you know, like you laugh at this or you cheer at that. It's not polarizing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and, and anybody can be good at bowling. You don't have to be tall, you know, to like basketball or limber. You could just, you could just be good at bowling no matter who you are. And that's what I love about it. Cause you know, I don't play basketball. I don't play volleyball. I don't go out and, and play tennis. But when I bowl, I feel like I know what I'm doing and I have a good time. I think I think I have to go. I think I'm going to go buy a bowling shirt and make a bunch of other people buy bowling shirts and be like, we're a bowling team now. (laughs) (laughs) I keep just like I'm with you. I'm like, okay, I was inside for a year or whatever. Uh, I just want to have fun. I just want to have a nice time. I just want to talk to nice people and be treated nicely. Same. Same. And I just want to connect with people on human experiences without having to judge them for, you know, all of it. You know, I, I think about like the cancelers, you know, and whatever. I guarantee you, if you looked into these people's lives, they'd all be cancelable. So it's just like, cause we're yeah. all imperfect. You know what I mean? So I just, I just, I just want to give people grace. I mean, some things are unacceptable and that's, that's in that category. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want to walk around like waving my finger at people, my, you know, and pointing my finger at people and saying, hey, you got it wrong here. Cause I, I just know I'm imperfect. I just, I'm imperfect every day. Every day I try mm-hmm. to just be a better person, but I fuck up all the time. So I can't go around pointing everybody else's fuck ups. I agree. Uh, I'm not much for like fully canceling people because I think we've all said and done things that are questionable and not great. And I'm a huge proponent of like people grow Mm -hmm. like I grew from yesterday I'm not the same person I was two days ago I learned something so like I don't know I think we need to give people a little bit more grace I agree I agree because I mean it's lonely it's lonely and it's not fun talking to people who parrot everything that you just preach into the choir I write I like talking to people who don't think like me And seeing what, you know, if I can learn something from them, maybe I can show them something from a different perspective. I want to be around a bunch of motherfuckers that are just all like reading off the bullet points of what we believe this, you know, it just, it feels boring. It's performative and it it just feels hollow. Mm hmm. I agree. Well, I think we've come to the end. Do you have anything you want to promote? Well, my special fighting words is on HBO Max right now. You can catch that. Um, um, and let me know what you think. And just don't add, don't tell me to die. Like, you do not <laughs> like my stuff, but don't wish death upon me. <laughs> I mean, it's such an extreme thing to be like, I didn't like these jokes. You better die. It's fucking rude. And also, people don't need to know all of your thoughts. I think it should be illegal. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It should be illegal to be able to say anything other than I liked it or maybe that wasn't for me, but I watched it. Uh, Nobody should be able to shit on people. That's not nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I, like I always say, I don't like country music. I've never gone to Garth Brooks's page and said, this shit is trash. Never. (laughs) And I never will. (laughs) I wish I could remember his alter ego. Cause I would have asked you, did you go to his alter egos page? What was it? Garth Brooks and. I have to look it up. Chris Gaines. <laughs> what a funny Chris name. Gaines. What a funny normal name. Garth Brooks and Keith or what was it? Uh, Chris Gaines. What a that's so funny. Garth, that's funny. <laughs> and I actually really like Garth Brooks, which is what yeah, that I is, like that's even funnier. The person I and I'll listen to some songs like I do like some country songs, but I just I'm not going to rock out the country music mm-hmm. 
for hours. Like I would do any, the genre of music, the genres of music that I do like, but like, I, you know, just, I, if I don't like, if I didn't like a movie, I don't tweet the actors and say, yeah, you know, it's fucking rude. It is. I will say this. You should listen to Yola. She's more soul, but she does have a country leaning album called walk through the fire. I think that it's what it's called. I love it. I think you'll like her. She's got a very soulful voice. I'm actually looking her up right now. She's also just adorable and a dream. I really enjoy her. And I saw her live and I like truly saw Jesus. Her voice is incredible. I just followed her on Spotify. I'm going to listen. All right. Well, Ida, thank you so much for doing this. You're it's just lovely to talk to you. You're wonderful. Same. You know, I love you, girl. And I mean that like, I got I've liked you from the beginning. This is me. This is me also in relationships. I either like you from the beginning mm-hmm. or I don't. And it's very seldom where I cross over. Oh, interesting. I'm a person who like. I like someone immediately, but also I, I get curious about people who are very different than me. I'm like, what? What else is there? Mm, you can be different, but some people I just don't like for some reason, their energy just doesn't <laughs> fit well with mine. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't try to force it anymore. No, I feel you on that. All right. Well, this is it for this episode of why won't you date me? If you liked it, you can subscribe. You can rate it on Apple podcast. If you write me something nasty hitting on me using the email address, I will read it out loud. This person said, Give me that peach emoji. Dearest Nicole, I want to motorboat that fat, delicious ass. Bury my face between those chocolate cheeks. Whilst my digits navigate your WAP until you scream, nailed it. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Okay. Bye-bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by... Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> this has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.